0: In a prior podcast, we've covered an overview of the spine, and in this episode, I'm going to focus in on two little vertebrae in particular. The first two, C1 and C2 of the cervical spine. Why, you may ask? Well, these two are special, important, and interesting. Now, same applies as always. If you have a model or an image of the first two most superior vertebrae, excellent. Follow along, and this will help you. However, if not, let's talk through descriptions and use the language of anatomy to try and envisage what we discuss. Okay, so let's talk mythology first to set the scene. In Greek myth, Atlas was a titan. One of the ancient generations of god that were overthrown by the younger, more well-known Olympian gods. You know Zeus and Apollo and their crew? They're the Olympians. Well, after losing the Titanomachy war to the Olympians, and as punishment for his part in the conflict, Atlas was doomed by Zeus to forever hold up the sky. And since antiquity, many artists and sculptors have depicted Atlas holding up the earth or another celestial body, a massive sphere adorning the enormous back and shoulders of the burdened god. This image was so popular with early cartographers, it was often placed on early maps, which is where we get the synonym for a map, an atlas. Linking it to anatomy then, we call the first vertebra atlas as it holds up the domed weight of our skull, inspired by this wonderful Greek myth. The second cervical vertebra or C2 gets a less mythological name, but it is a name that defines its function just as well. We call C2 the axis. As I'm sure you're aware, an axis is a pivot point and C2 acts as a pivot point for C1, which gives us the large mobility we observe in the neck or cervical spine. Right, on to some anatomy then. C1 and C2 are atypical vertebra, meaning they do not follow the pattern of a typical vertebra. If you have a box of spinal bones, these two look different from all the others. Typical vertebra is a topic Sam has covered in detail prior, so I won't talk about this again. Instead, let's focus on the features that make up C1 and C2, and specifically what makes them atypical. C1 then is very oval in appearance. It has no vertebral body or spinous process, and instead it has an anterior and posterior arch with a comparatively massive vertebral foramen or hole in the middle. As with all other vertebrae, this foramen accommodates the spinal cord. However, the anterior portion of this foramen is unique as it has the odontoid process from C2 passing into it. We'll come back to the odontoid process shortly. Now, either side of the vertebral foramen, we find the lateral masses. These are the bulkiest part of the atlas, and they need to be. The superior surface of this area is the superior articular facet that articulates with the occipital condyles of the skull. This we call the atlanto-occipital joint, a joint between the atlas and occipital bones of the skull. The inferior surface of the lateral masses connects C1 to C2 via more articular facets, and these articulations, along with the odontoid process, are going to form the atlantoaxial joint between the atlas and axis bones. Lastly, C1 has transverse processes, and just like all the other cervical vertebrae, these have a hole in their structure. This hole is termed the transverse foramen, and it houses the vertebral arteries that supply the posterior part of your brain. Let's move on to C2 then. This has a very different shape. The most obvious difference is that C2 has a body to it. And projecting superiorly from this vertebral body is the odontoid process, also known as the DENS. This DENS is a bony projection that passes into the vertebral foramen of C1, and it is the axis, or the pivot point, for these two bones. Now about the DENS, the two can rotate. Try this. Take your left hand and make a fist, but with your thumb sticking out and pointing upwards. Now clasp your right hand around your left thumb. Your left hand represents C2, the axis, and your thumb, the odontoid process. Your right hand is C1, the atlas. And as you can see, your right hand can rotate around your left hand because of the thumb. Now, rest your head on your right hand and you look obscene. So stop that. But you have a model of sorts that is a facsimile of this area of anatomy. The atlas can rotate around the axis to allow the head to look left and right because of the odontoid peg. To finish off the features of axis, C2 has transverse processes, a vertebral foramen which is smaller than the atlas, and C2 does have a spinous process that is often bifid or split into two, that is more in keeping with the other cervical vertebra. Clinical relevance? Question mark? Well, cervical fractures of C1 and C2 can be very dangerous if unstable. The whole of the spinal cord must pass through the vertebra here including the parts that innervate the muscles of respiration or breathing. If the C-spine is fractured, further movement may cause the spine to slide, and if the spinal cord is compressed, this can be fatal. This is why clinicians are so careful with C-spine injuries, immobilising the neck if they are suspected. A fracture of C2 is often called a hangman's fracture, a macabre name that is actually rarely seen in hangings, but more commonly seen in car accidents or sporting injuries. In the elderly, this can even result from simple falls, so always be careful if the neck is injured. Right, Dwy wedi gorfen, the atlas and axis, or C1 and C2, atypical vertebrae with some interesting shapes and anatomy. Hoil